I will ascend into heaven. I will elevate myself. I will lift myself up. Pride, okay? In the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. No, you won't. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Thank you so much for joining us again here on In Grace. We are thankful that you're listening today, and we will be answering your Bible questions once again. Some of the questions we're going to answer today, the Bible says for women to be silent in the church. What does that mean? And does that mean that women can't say amen in a service uh, when they're moved during the preaching? Now, listen, I love it when people say amen or, you know, within uh proper uh, etiquette, you know, to, to speak in church, uh, to encourage the preaching. I think that's great. And it's, of course, good for women to do that too. But what does that mean? And we're going to talk about that because a lot of people say that some of those things were cultural, don't, they don't apply today. Well, let's talk about it and we'll get into that. Also, there was a question about Eve being deceived and Adam wasn't, you know, why then did he eat the fruit if he wasn't deceived? Another question was, the Bible says that children need to obey their parents? Does this need to continue into adulthood? And there are actually some people that teach that. Uh, now we are to honor parents, but obey them, I think, is when you're a child in the home. But listen, these are great questions. We have more today here that we're going to talk about. One is, uh, if heaven is perfect, how is it that Satan is able to you still have access to the throne room. So these are really, really good questions, and I think you'll find the answers right from the Bible and will help us understand not only, uh, you know, the answer, but also how to live today, how to live for God using the Bible as our guide. And then we are really excited because In Grace has a great new booklet. It's on planned giving. We're calling it leaving a legacy. And so if you'd like to get this booklet, contact us today and it gives you some ideas on things that you need to think about to make sure you're leaving a biblical legacy. Go to our website at ingraceradio.com, click on legacy or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. Next question. The Bible says for women to be silent in the church. Does that mean that can't say Amen when moved during the preaching. Now, I want more of you to say amen, not less of you, so I can't eliminate half of the church for not being able to speak and be in silence. And that comes, by the way, from 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. So again, the context is important to understand all of this. It's not saying that women can never speak in the church building. I believe it just means that the men should be teaching the congregation. Now, women do teach women in our Sunday school classes, in our children's classes, nothing wrong with that. But you say, well, that's chauvinistic, or you're saying a man is better. No, no, no. Women are better than men in at least four ways. Okay, and you could probably list 100 different ways that women are better than men. And studies show this. Women are better learners. Women tend to be more attentive, flexible, and organized, so they learn better than men, according to studies. They're smarter. According to a study of IQ tests from around the world, women have higher IQs than men. You can say amen. I didn't hear any men say amen. Women live longer. You live 10 years longer on average. Why is that? That's not fair. 
And then studying, I think it was over 100,000 women were studied, and it was determined that they were much better at birthing babies than men. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons that women are better than men. When God finished creating Adam, he stepped back and said, I could do better than that. <laughs> women are equal in God's eyes. In Galatians 3, 28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond or free, male or female, all are one in Christ. So we know that, right? So we know it's not saying that women aren't equal in God's eyes. Women, I love at the cross, where were the men? They all run away. The women were there at the cross. So if all of this is true, why can't women lead in the church? And most churches have said they can, and most churches have okayed women pastors or women elders or whatever. We haven't, and we still think it's biblical, it's right. And a lot of preachers are scared to preach these verses, and I'm not scared, I'm petrified when I preach these verses. <laughs> but we know that a woman can give a testimony, a woman can pray in church because there's instructions for that in 1 Corinthians 11:5. okay? So again, comparing scripture with scripture, what is this saying? Some people say, well, that was cultural. Women were put down and oppressed in that society, so that was cultural. That's why it doesn't apply to us today. How do we know that that's not true? Well, because it refers to the law. So there's more than culture here. This is deeper than culture. And we find in another verse, a cross-reference is in uh, 1 Timothy 2, it has the same idea that women, in verse 11, learn in silence without subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. So now we have the reason, okay? The reason here is Adam was created first, and therefore God has an order. In the military, you have different levels of authority, right? And does that mean the private is a less of a good person than the general? No, actually, the private might be a much better person than the general, but that's the, the authority structure of the military. And therefore, God has given many places where authority structure is important. One, that God made the man first and from Adam created Eve, and therefore there's an authority there. And then it says back in 1 Timothy 2, 14, Adam was not deceived but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Now, what in the world is that talking about? We're going to refer to that in the next question. But let me just say this. The argument of Paul was not based on cultural standards, but on two historical and foundational facts. One, Adam was first created, then Eve. And two, it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman. So God made us different. We have different levels of authority. We have different levels of how we were made. Women tend to be more emotional. If your kid falls down, who's usually there to pick up the kid and kiss the owie and get the band-aid and all that. What does a man do? A man's like, you know, just get up, stop crying, put some dirt on it, you're okay, you're fine, go. Hey, we're just made a little differently. Nothing wrong with that. And I think the next question's gonna answer this question too, so let's go to the next question. Eve was deceived, Adam was not. Why did he eat the fruit? You know, and that's interesting, isn't it? And that questioner uh, refers to 1 Timothy 2.14, we just read. Let's first make the statement that both are equally guilty, okay? Eve was deceived. Adam, it seems, wasn't there at the initial temptation. Satan neglected the order that God had, the authority that God had by going to Eve. 
waited for Adam to go somewhere else. We have to kind of read between the lines a little to see that in Genesis, but it seems like that is the case. So Satan in a serpent was tempting Eve by twisting scripture, appealing to the flesh, and she sinned. And then it seemed as he came up after that and she gave it to him. Now, he knew it was wrong. She knew it was wrong. They were both guilty, but the sin was a little different. I think Adam saw that she sinned. She was convincing him of the reason she sinned, and she was deceived, right? For sure, she was tricked. But Adam knew full well that this was what God said, and I think Eve probably did too, but I think he saw that she didn't die. She ate of it. She didn't die. She seemed fine. Wow. She's going to be enlightened. She's going to be blessed. And he wasn't deceived. He willfully sinned. That's why he's actually, they're both guilty, but he is given most of the blame because he sinned. All of us have sin. All of us have that sin nature because he was the head. He was the proper authority. And since he sinned, all of us now have that sin nature. So Adam rejected the God-given order just like Satan did. I don't know why he did it, but why do any of us sin? Because we want what we want. It's really simple. It's really simple. Question. The Bible says that children need to obey their parents. Does this need to continue into adulthood? Now, that's a good question. We know the Bible teaches that all through Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, children, obey your parents, right? Okay, does that continue into adulthood? I think that is a silly idea, that children have to obey their parents into adulthood. Children need to obey their parents while they're children, while they're at home, while they're under the roof. And parents, you need to exercise that authority over them. That's God-given authority. But once they're out of the home, once they're of age, now the second part of the verse, honor thy father and mother, kicks in. So you don't have to obey them, but you do have to honor them. You do have to respect them. You do have to love them and be kind to them. And by the way, when young obedience, when of age, honor is a way to think of it. Matthew 19, 5, it says that a man should leave his father and mother, cling to his wife. So there's examples in scripture where if someone says you have to obey your, your parents even into adulthood, that's silly. In 1 Timothy 5, 8, we're told that you need to provide for your parents, for your own house. You have to make sure you take care of your parents in their older age. There was one that taught this. His name was Bill Gothard. He was coming to my church at Westchester Bible Church, and he was teaching this, that children had to obey their parents even into adulthood. And uh, I rejected that, and I called my dad. I'm like, how do I explain to him that I don't believe that, and I don't think that's biblical? He says, that's actually really simple. Just tell him that my dad said not to believe that. <laughs> like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> Because it's true. I mean, it helps me. And anyways, it's just silly. And again, that's where you're taking things out of context. And I also think it's a power play. Parents, there's a time when you need to be teaching them for the first 18, 20 years that they're accountable to you. But while you're teaching them that, you also teach them that they're accountable to God because there's a day when they're no longer accountable to you. But there's never a day when they're not accountable to God. Okay, so that's a parenting principle that should help you. But no, children don't have to obey their parents into adulthood. Are you concerned about the direction of America? Do you want to understand the secrets behind America's greatness? 
In Grace's series, The Secret to America's Greatness, is just what you need. This video series offers insight into America's founding principles. Travel with Jim Scudder Jr. and his grandkids as he rediscovers America's founding principles and passes it on to the next generation. Traveling from coast to coast, he will explore the rich history and values that have shaped our great nation. You can get this series as a thank you when you give any amount to InGrace. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Can You Find God in Washington, D.C.? and Is America a Christian Nation? These videos explore the spiritual foundations of our nation and offer hope for our future. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to learn about America's rich history and spiritual heritage. To support InGrace's mission and reach more people with the gospel, visit ingraceradio.com or call 800-78-GRACE. You can also write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's ingraceradio.com or 800-78-GRACE. Question, there is a song, This Is My Father's World. I thought the world was under the power of the devil. And although that is somewhat true, the devil does have authority on this earth. And by the way, songs are not scripture, okay? That may be the best way to answer that one. Songs are not scripture. But I actually do agree with the song. I gave you verse three. This is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet, okay? There is the devil. He is messing up our world. But don't blame everything on the devil, for he'll be locked up for a thousand years, and there's going to be a final rebellion. Even without the devil's presence, mankind will still rebel. There will be a day that evil will be put down, but that day hasn't come. God is merciful, but don't mistake God's mercy for the fact that he will never act, for he will. There will be a day when he'll put down sin and righteousness will reign. The earth is the Lord, Psalm 24, 1, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. But Adam in that garden forfeited his authority, gave the devil authority, and the Bible says in John 12, 31, that he, the prince of this world, will be cast out. There's going to be a day when the sheriff comes to town and kicks the squatter out, okay? That will happen, but that hasn't happened yet. The devil still has the authority. He is still allowed to even go to the throne of God and accuse. We saw it in Job. We see it in the New Testament where he's accusing you. The devil still has access to the throne of God, but all of that will be put down. Why? Because this is my father's world. Question. This is the last one. If heaven is a perfect place, how were Satan and the angels able to sin? That's a tough question. Why are you asking me these hard questions? And this one, I don't know if I have a full answer for you, except I would assume that the angels have been given what we've been given, and that's free will. And there's a scripture in Isaiah 14 that I believe refers to the fall of the devil or Lucifer. It says in verse 12, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut off to the ground? Thou didst weaken the nations. Now, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Lucifer was the most beautiful, the highest created being that God had ever made. Okay? How was it that Lucifer fell? Well, we're told how it happened. He said in his heart. Okay, So this is, I believe, pointing to the fact that angelic beings also have the ability to choose. 
whether they obey or reject what God has said, okay? Now, they don't have the salvation offered to them like we do because angels believe, but they're still bound for an eternal lake of fire, the fallen angels, okay? But we've been given the salvation if we receive it. We've been given the death of Christ on our behalf. They haven't. But it was in his heart, he said, I will. By the way, when you start saying, I will, be careful. That's where pride enters into your life. I will ascend into heaven. I will ascend. You see, every time he says, I will, he's trying to elevate himself. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also on the mount. Okay, we see elevation. I will elevate myself. I will elevate myself. I will lift myself up. Pride, okay? In the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. No, you won't. And that's really what happened to Eve. That's really what happened to Adam. They wanted to experience more than they were going to experience. They wanted to be like God. And we won't. You won't. Realize that, okay? Realize that. And it says, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. People that are prideful, angelic beings that are prideful, try to lift themselves up, they fall. And he fell. And the Bible says he drew a third of the angels with him. Those are the demons. And that's the war. That's the battle. That's the spiritual war. Remember that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Okay? So these are important truths to understand. How were they able to sin? Well, because they did and they were cast out. Now you say, well, how does the devil still have access to a perfect heaven? He has access to the throne of God. He doesn't have access to the perfect heaven. He's been kicked out of the perfect heaven. But God has still given him the access to him until that final day when that will end and he will be cast out, bound for a thousand years. And then after that final rebellion, after we call the millennium, will be cast into an eternal lake of fire. And those that reject salvation, you're still in your sin. You're still prideful. You don't think you need it. You think you can earn it yourself. You'll be with him. You'll be with him for all eternity. It's a horrible thing. My heart is that you get saved. My heart is that you don't experience that. My heart is that no one has to face an eternal hell. But the beautiful thing is you don't have to because God in his love sent himself for you. God became flesh. God lived among us. God never sinned. He lived just like you and I. He had all the temptations like you and I. We fail, we, we sin, we fall. He never did. He was the perfect human. Therefore, he was the one that could die on our behalf and take upon himself the wrath of the Father. And he did. He died on a cross. He poured out his blood, the perfect atoning sacrifice for our sins. He was put into the grave. In three days, he rose again. And he's alive. He's at the throne of God, the right hand. And he will rule and reign forever and ever one day putting down all sin, all rebellion, putting down the devil and those that reject him. But don't reject him because God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you received that free gift? Have you ever said, I can't save myself. I put my faith in the one who saves me. I trust in the Lord Jesus. The Bible says that you and I have sinned. All have sinned. God is perfect. Our sin separates us from him. 
He has to punish it. You know, none of us would be okay if someone raped and murdered your child to say, it's okay, don't worry about it. We're not gonna do anything. No, we all have a sense of justice and right and wrong. And if someone did that, we would demand justice. And so God can't just wink at sin. He can't just say, oh, don't worry about it. Just come on in. No, he had to deal with it. And the, the way he dealt with it and still showcase his love was that he came to be made sin for us. You see that? Isn't that incredible? So when people criticize God or criticize the Bible, they don't know what they're talking about because God is amazing. God is gracious. God so loved you that he came and demonstrated his love by sending his son to die on a cross. And if you'll receive that, you have eternal life. Isn't that great? This is my father's world. And if you're in Christ, you are born again. You will be on the winning side. You ever watched a sports game delayed? I like to watch the Bears, okay? I just don't know why, but I like to watch the Bears. And so we're in the Philippines at Thanksgiving, and the Bears are playing on Thanksgiving Day. Well, I wanted to see the Bears, you know, but now the Bears are playing at like, you know, in the middle of the night. I'm not going to see that, so we're going to watch it by delay. And by the miracle of the internet, one of our missionaries was able to download it. I'm sure it was completely illegal. <laughs> and uh, we watched the game. And I was just so desperate to not find out the score. And I didn't look at, at the score, and I made sure I didn't know the score, and I was so excited about watching the game. But then dad texted me, hey, hope you're doing good. Bears did great today. <laughs> did they do great and still lose? No, probably not. He would not say they did great if they lost. So I had to sit there and pretend like I was excited about all, oh, this is so tense and the drama of it now. No drama. No drama. I'm like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. He fumbled. It's Okay. And all the rest of the guys are like, why are you so relaxed over there? Because I know what happened. And if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you know this book, you know what the end result is. So stop being so worried about every little thing. Start serving him with gladness and, and give your life to serve him. You don't give your life to be saved. You give your life because of your salvation. You're saved by faith, by trusting in Jesus as your only hope. And when you do... You get to read the end, and you know the end. And you were on that winning side, and you have eternal life, and it's a glorious thing. And I hope that that answers those questions appropriately from the Word of God. And I know that there's a lot of questions that people have in, in life. But I really do believe we can find every answer in scripture. Scripture is our guide. It is truth. Everything in scripture is true. And so just, I think the bottom line is we need to read it. We just need to know what it says. And then, you know, not not use just one verse and, and try to use scripture to interpret scripture and, and know the full volume of God's truth. And that's how we can arrive at answers for life and for eternity. Uh, and if you don't know, Jesus as your Savior, if you've never put your trust in Him and Him alone, contact us. We need to hear from you so we can help you. You can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Jesus is the answer, and it's the Son of God who died for your sins and rose again. And if you'll believe in Him, trust in Him alone, you'll be saved. We are also very passionate here about America. A lot of people have said America is racist or we have a, a, a sinful 
a foundation. No, I believe we have a biblical foundation as a country. So I took my grandkids on a trip to show them America and to find the secret of America's greatness. And it's a two-part video series that we're just launching right now. And you can get that for a gift of any amount to Ingrace. If your gift is $35 or more, I'll send you two more great video series on America. One is, Can You Find God in Washington, D.C.? And the other one is America's Christian History. To get these great video resources, either by DVD or digital download, you can call that same number, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com, and there you'll see the special offer, The Secret to America's Greatness, and the two other great videos. Contact us today. Rediscover America's founding principles with Jim Scudder Jr. as he embarks on a cross-country journey in Ingrace's new video series, The Secret to America's Greatness. Give any amount to Ingrace and receive this series. When you support Ingrace's mission to spread the gospel with a gift of $35 or more, call now, 800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.